Would you like, on when you, you know, perish the thought, but when you pass away one day, would you, would you like, uh, to have a gravestone that <laughs> that reads, "Here lieth Justine Oldmeadow, protected by the ejaculation of serpents." <laughs> Talking to my lovely wife, Justine. This is episode 99 of the Chattering Classes. Very close to 100. Question, how many episodes have you listened to? <laughs> All the way through? Uh, it's on my to-do list. <laughs> so many other podcasts to listen to. So how come you had to have me for 99? What do you mean? Well, episode 99. What do you mean? Why, is, why did I get you on just for the special one? Yeah. I don't... It just we I needed to record this episode, and it just so happens to be ninety nine. Oh, it wasn't on purpose. But is it because you had to quickly do this so you could get to? Yeah, get to the one hundred. Yes. <laughs> Which is? Uh where I'm gonna. But in- you can't talk with uh, Nick Maniatis and, and listeners ha- have sent in a whole bunch of questions oh. that we're going to discuss. We may have already recorded it, which is weird in my brain. Oh, so you had to get this one done. Waffle do. Yeah, well, well you know what? <laughs> I We've been meaning to do this for God knows how long because for some reason I was listening back to an episode uh, that I did with you and Nick. I think when we were talking oh, about... Midsummer or yeah no midsummer definitely yeah. and then the Wicker Man was mentioned and you said oh I'd love to do a whole episode on the Wicker Man and I was like well we should yes and that was probably two years ago <laughs> and I've been meaning to do it ever since um, and so we're here and we're going to talk about the Wicker Man uh-huh. amongst other things uh, and then we were going to do it I don't know nine months ago because we were lucky enough to go to the movies weren't we that's right. Was it last year? Yeah, last yeah. year. We saw to a double feature. a double feature. feature of The Wicker Man and... Evil Dead Evil 2. Evil Dead 2, that's right. Great. And they just went so well together. Yeah, what a great combination. A great, yeah, and great you'd never, you'd never seen never The seen Evil Dead 2. I've never seen The Evil too, Dead 2. Which is outrageous. Yeah, loved what, it. What a strange movie. We've mentioned that on the podcast. No. Uh, so. Oh, blood and gore. Oh yes, blood and gore. Yes, this morning. All right, we'll mention it on the podcast. We just get sidetracked. This morning, uh, his teenage daughter had the worst nosebleed I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I may may have had nosebleeds similar when I was younger. I've certainly never seen one like it. Both our girls have pretty full on nosebleeds, but that just it wouldn't wouldn't quit. So I had to take her in to seek medical yeah, care. Yeah, it was like 90 minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Before was, you went in there. Yeah, yeah, a couple of hours. But it was one of those things where she came out of her room and she said, my nose is bleeding. And I was oh. like, oh, here we go, whatever. And then she showed me and I was like, oh, okay. And as a parent, you just have to, we well, have to just remain calm and just go, oh, that's... that's there was a lot of blood. That's Let's not just great. just put it that way. Yes. And then I came running out... <laughs> Jumped out of bed and was greeted with that, and then nearly fainted, literally. <laughs> yeah. And had to go and lay down, lay down back in bed with my legs up, so I was of no help. Yeah, and our youngest was like, the, the, I saw the tissues; they were melting. I was like, oh, this is gross. There was washes, gonna just. But I'd never had nosebleeds and... in my life, so 
it was interesting. The nurse showed me how to actually apply the squeezing pressure to get it to stop. And yeah. Made some weird splint. And it wasn't quite splint sure. splint out of paddle pops. Paddle pop stick splint, which I still don't know how it works. She showed me, but I was like... Uh, yeah, uh, sort yeah. of like a giant peg oh. that you that squeezes. Onto. You don't need to keep your hands or keep your fingers over the nose. Right. So that was fun. That's grotesque. But I've also been greeted. It's like Evil Dead. It's like a scene from the Evil Dead. It really was. Yeah. And if anyone's seen Midnight Mass, that there was a scene <laughs> in that which you... The church scene. You know what I mean. You'll know what I mean. If you know, you know. And I was <laughs> halfway through that just as it all kicked off. And I heard a noise in the bathroom and went oh, in yes. and was greeted with blood all over the bathroom and wiped everywhere and... That's right. And then went into Noelle's room and blood was all over her yeah. pillow, like pillow. a lot. Yeah. Um, at like in the middle of the night. And she, because she'd woken up and tried to clean up herself and just ended up with it everywhere. That was interesting. Yes. So we cleaned that up and went back and finished watching the episode. <laughs> <laughs> went back to watch a scary, creepy show. Yes. So I've, I've never had one, but I'm surrounded by them happening. Yeah. Yeah, especially in the summer or... Summer and winter. Anything sets them off. Yeah. yeah so that was interesting. Yeah. Um, but where were we? Oh, yes, Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2. Yes, a lot of blood and things like that. Evil Dead 2. Yes, You've never seen loved it. Loved it. Fan- fantastic. Great to watch in a double feature. But the main reason we went was because the Wicker, Wicker Man, Man was showing. Yes. And the Wicker Man is... Is, is it your favourite film or is it just one of your favourite films? It's definitely up there. Yeah. It's definitely up there. But I'd seen it at the movies before, a couple of years prior. At I the, think you've seen it at the movies three or four maybe times. Maybe three or four times, yes. <laughs> but we saw it, um, went with Hannah at the National Film and Sound Archives. Yeah. Which was um, her first time seeing it, which was great. Great to take someone who'd never seen it. And then, yeah, saw it. Then was on the movies at the double feature, so I saw it again. Yeah, and to clarify, I, um, I know no one's wondering, but it's the 1973 original, not the remake with not Nicolas Cage. Not the remake. Cage. I have not seen that, and no. I don't intend to. Apparently there's bees no, in it. No, Christopher Lee and... Yes. Um, who Ed, was the Ed, Edward Woodward. Edward Woodward. I haven't seen him in anything else, but he's... I think he's quite famous British actor, yes, set in a Scottish island... Ireland, yes, not Ireland, but a Scottish island mm. where a missing child. A policeman is called to mm. investigate a missing child that's been reported on the island. The child's name is Rowan Morrison. Rowan Morrison. <laughs> so we're going to do very bad Scottish accents all the way through this uh, without a doubt. Yeah, so he and gets... I, don't know, I don't know if it was a book or it was just an orig- original screenplay. I think it was a book first. Was it a book first? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so the policeman arrives on the island and tries to investigate this missing child. Now, things appear to be a little odd from the start. From but the start, are... yes. All the locals are very strange. It's an isolated little island, so mm-hmm. they're, you know, they've got their... Now, I hadn't ever thought about this before, but... Don't you think it's a little, maybe it's a long bow, but a little similar to, say, like Deliverance, you know, where they go, the outsiders come to this small community and they're all, the people in the community seem to know more yes. about what's going on than the, these outsiders who, the out, it's that, who are like, that think that they're the, better. Yeah, the outsider comes to the 
small town or island and yeah there's a judgment going on and the people in the island have their own traditions which seem a bit odd but it just it, it start it, it and the the tension gradually builds yes so you start by thinking you know not dissimilar to midsummer where it starts off there's something not quite not quite right mm. and then you know gradually builds more and more and more things happen that... well for a start they say <laughs> and, then, and then a great crescendo at the end well it starts with him saying i'm looking for a missing girl rod and Morrison, and they're like, there's no Rowan Morrison here. Yeah, never, never seen her, no, oh, no, no, no. no. And then they're like, then he, when he doesn't go away, they're like, oh, wait a minute. Yes, there is. She she lives over there. Yes. <laughs> and then he goes to visit, and then the lady's like, here she is. Here she is. Here's my daughter, my daughter. Rowan Morrison. And he's like, that's not the photo I have of the Rowan Morrison. And Yeah, and then... Oh yes, Ro- oh yes, we know Roald Morrison. Here's a photo of her, and it's a hair. Yes, that's right. And they all laugh like at a him. Rabbit and laughing. A... So it's you know it becomes clear that they dig up the grave and there's a rabbit there's in a rabbit or in a hair there. in there at one point. Yeah, laughing at him. He goes to visit the school, and they're all sitting there, and there's one desk empty, and who sits there? Oh, no one sits there. No one ever sat there. It's... So so it's set it's set up to make lead you to believe that. They're obviously done something to this girl and are trying to cover it up. And yes. he's trying to to find her. Thinks that you know they've sacrificed her. I think he starts to realize that there's there's witchcraft and and rituals and things yeah. going on. Pagan yes. paganism. Yeah, so paganism, right? Because he's a devout. He's a devout Catholic. So he's yes. very religious, and he goes in. He he know. Well, they talk about being pagan, and they have their rituals and May Day celebrations and offerings and things so he pieces it together that they've sacrificed this girl yes. to their gods and he or or have her hidden away somewhere and a pla- you know planning now, to do something am i wrong or is he a, a much older virgin he's a virgin right yeah but and he's you're a, a virgin yes he's quite old and he's like oh <laughs> they just go you're a virgin aren't you it's all very and then he's on this island where there's Especially like the director's cut, right? Which is mm. the ones that we've, I think we've watched quite a few times now where there's scenes, he goes and stays in this ro- rollicking pub and he, he's not happy with the fact that they're all drinking and they're yes. all singing. And they're, and, on the, and they're very free with their sexuality and what yes, they're doing. Yes, people he's outside making, having sex in the gardens and he's very yes. repressed. He's very repressed, this virgin and... Um, you know, and these people on the island are very free with their sexuality, and yes. um, you know he's he's judging them harshly for that. Yes, and the character and they play upon it and making fun of him. Yeah, and what's the character's name? Is it Britt Eklund? Is... Yeah, the the daughter, the publican's daughter. The publican's daughter is this woman who young men are taken to to lose their virginity. Yeah. They go to her window in a very bizarre scene with Christopher Lee when we first see him. Yeah. Brings, brings the young lad to, young... Her, window, to her window and and everyone in the pub sings and claps while Yeah, while they're getting take... to it. Yeah. In the rhythm. Yeah. And then what's it's a very strange scene because then there's snails. Yeah, it's all about nature yeah. and how, you know, just these snails are slimily crawling together and Yeah. Just letting yourself do what you're 
the that's desire. You yes, know, the natural desire. Natural is... desires and being led led by that and not repressing it. So that that was very much against what the policemen stood for, being very straight laced and uh, pious and very. Yeah, he's very. So he's he, he arrives in this place. He's he's a very much an outsider in every respect. Yeah, yeah, and he's very a, a ridiculously pious in comparison. Yeah, yeah, and and then he learns, and then he sees some of their rituals and their paganism, and is offended by it. Oh, very offended. So they it? really play up that in the movie the um, the difference between their their values and the religion and all of that. So you're seeing it through his eyes as he's experiencing it, all this on the island. But it's it's the music that I love, the songs in it and this sense of um, it's just very fun to watch. It's great to sing along. It's a great sing along. Oh, it's a great yeah. Again, it's a sing along movie. When you've seen oh. it a few times, it's a great sing along. And the the, di- the director's wonderful. cut has much better songs. I think it's one of the few movies where the director's cut's better than the original. Yeah. And maybe they yeah, didn't. I prefer the they director's cut. didn't. Maybe they cut it out in 1973 because it was too blasphemous. Was there more songs in the? The more director's that's cut? where the that's where the I I uh, put my hand on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they're singing in the pub in time with them. So that wasn't in the original. No. And she said... Gently Johnny, my gigolo. Yes. But Gently it has Johnny. this this quote from Christopher Lee. I couldn't find it online. I think I could turn and live with animals. Mm. They're so placid and self-contained. They do not lie awake in the dark and weep for their sins. They do not make me sick discussing their duty to God. Not one of them kneels to another or to his own kind that lived thousands of years ago. Not one of them is respectable or unhappy all over the earth. So it's that very idea, right, that if we just commune with nature, we'd just be our natural selves. We wouldn't have guilt. We wouldn't have regret. We wouldn't... Religion has shame and guilt. The guilt. And they're they're completely against it. Just follow your nature and your desire. And you will have no guilt and shame and all... Edward Woodward's character is trying to do is make people feel you should the yes. right thing to do is to have guilt yes. and shame for your actions. Yes. So he's constantly butting up against this um, these people that are, are so much his opposite in terms of their values and yeah. how they so he becomes obsessed with they he thinks they've done something to this girl they're hiding her somewhere yeah. and he's going to find her and and rescue her from these Yes, from the heathens. From the heathens, from the pagans. Yeah. Yeah, so... So let's please talk about Christopher Lee. Oh, he's so good in that. So Christopher Lee is like the, I don't know... The the lord. Lord of the island. Of the island. Um, What do they call him? I don't know. He's just called Summerland. He... Yeah, Lord Summerland. I mean, his family initially started growing things on the island and, and set up the... Community, it's like a commune at first, or it's like we want to get away from society, and yeah, so it's been handed down to him now. He's the the leader, yeah. And he's the one of the good things or great things about this movie is just how different he is. 
his tone is completely different to every other character, but especially to Edward Woodward's character, who's just so uptight and so buttoned down and and yeah. so repressed. And he comes, he's going to go and meet the Lord and request that he can dig up the grave and do all this other stuff. And he's just, oh, Sounds yeah. Like that's a problem. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Edward Woodward's like, I can't do this and no one will talk to me. And he's like, well, that must be very annoying for you. Like, he's just so... <laughs> and, and they're toying with him. You, yeah. you know that they're toying with him and playing with him. Yeah. Good afternoon, Sergeant Howie. I trust the sight of the young people refreshes you. No, sir. It does not refresh me. Oh, I'm sorry. One should always be open to the regenerative influences. I understand you're looking for a missing girl. I found her. Splendid. In her grave. Your Lordship is a Justice of the Peace. I need your permission to exhume her body, have it transported to the mainland for a pathologist's report. You suspect uh, foul play? I suspect murder and conspiracy to murder. In that case, you must go ahead. Your Lordship seems strangely unconcerned. I'm confident your suspicions are wrong, Sergeant. We don't commit murder up here. We're a deeply religious people. Religious? With ruined churches. No ministers, no priests. And children dancing naked. Love their divinity lessons. But they, they are are naked. Naturally, it's much too dangerous to jump through the fire with your clothes on. Do sit down, Sergeant. Socks are so much better absorbed with the knees bent. Please. Now, those children out there, they're jumping through the flames in the hope that the god of the fire will make them fruitful. Really, you can hardly blame them. After all, what girl would not prefer the child of a god to that of some acne-scarred artisan? And, and you, you encourage them in this? Actively. It's most important that each new generation born on summer I'll be made aware that here the old gods aren't dead. And what of the true god? To whose glory churches and monasteries have been built on these islands for generations past. Now, sir, what of him? Well, he's dead. He can't complain. He had his chance, and in modern parlance, blew it. How else would you do that? And just put that in. And so the whole thing is just this fertility and sexuality and just the nature, and Edward Woodward's just appalled. Appalled by it, yeah. And then you have, is it your favourite scene where Britt Eklund dances around naked? And <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah. So then there's a fantastic... So there's two great scenes at the pub. There's the one where she takes the virginity of that young boy that's mm-hmm. brought to her, and everyone at the pub goes silent, and then... This is everyone listen listening in. And it's so weird, <laughs> listening in and then singing the, along, and then the rhythm joining kicks in, in, joining into it. Yeah, um, that it's, and then the other great scene in the pub is when she tries to tempt him mm. to to come to her, and you know him being a virgin that she tries to, yeah, sort of tempt him to come into her room, and she, ah, oh, just great song. And it's not actually Brett Eklund singing, I don't think. Yeah. I think they had No, a, a... and it's not actually her dancing around completely oh, naked. Oh, that's I don't someone think. else. No, I, I think... Oh, part of... 
Maybe some shots are a body, yeah, body some, double. Yeah, some no, shots are a body no, double. I didn't know that. Um, and she's she's dancing and banging on the knocking, and he's in, he's the, in room the next, next room, year, praying, praying, and holding himself together and trying not to be overcome by the desire. Yeah, and then he starts sweating. And sweating. It's a lot of some quality seventies overacting. You would imagine biting the whole. Yes. Oh, I'm going to yes. bite my finger. Just trying and... so hard to to keep him, you know, to keep his. And keep himself pure. Yes, his virginity and his morals. Like, you can see the battle and, and she's there, you know, being so free with her sexuality on the other side. And yeah. It's it's just great. Music's wonderful. Yeah. How they incorporate, incorporate the songs mm-hmm. and the music in with the movie is just so, so good. Beautiful. So- is a one-on-one film. I, I, I mean, Midsummer certainly borrowed heavily from the idea of it, of coming from like a more modern world and then going back to like a commune and being completely confused by it all and not being able to fit it and it's fit the tone in and what of, your sacrifice is. And, yeah, and slowly building that something isn't right. Mm-hmm. Something isn't right. Something's going on. Yeah. Um, and then the, and then it slowly builds, and more and more is revealed. Yeah. As as it goes on, and then ending in a wonderful. Yeah. So, do you think it's a horror revelation? Movie? Do you think it's a horror movie? No, no. Well, no, I don't think it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. I don't What's know. it classified? I think as? it's folk, a folk folk horror. horror. Yeah. But again, what Midsummer certainly borrowed from. Or stole from the Wicker Man is most of it's set during the day. Yes. There's no horror. There's no like suspense scene at night where there's dark shadows and things coming to get you. It's all out in the open. Mm. It's all. This is all happening in full view of mm. everything. Mm. And I, I don't know. It's hard. one of the other questions I have is, and it's impossible because you've seen it so many times. But I remember. Imagine watching it for the first time. Do are you with Edward Woodward, or do you? Because now we watch it, and we're like, "Oh my god, just relax. Mm. Everything will be fine if you mm. just relax." But if when you first watch it, do you think this child's going to be sacrificed, and we're hoping he's going to save the day? Yeah, I think it is set up for that. To yeah. think he is going to. He is going to find her and rescue her, and That's then, and the, then obviously be the, plot. the the tables turn. Spoiler alert! Yeah, but it's actually him that is going to be sacrificed, and that he was very purposely chosen, chosen yeah. and and led to the island. That yeah. it was all set up to happen that way. Um, but I think it it does lead you. Yeah, I think it's a surprise. I think the first time I've seen it so many times, it's hard to remember. But yeah. I'm pretty sure the first time I was, you, you you get the picture as it moves on. I guess yeah, you it think you're watching you're watching this he's trapped. Yeah, you're watching this man get trapped, trapped on an yeah. island, and you fear for him. All these. And I think it gets to the when it gets to the stage where you see there's no, he can't catch a boat. The plane's gone. Oh, yes. I'll catch when you on the you... boat. Oh, no, it's gone. No, the it's plane's gone. gone. Everything's not yeah. working. Yeah. 
when you when you realize okay he can't leave even if he wants to then you start to realize okay he is being trapped here and yeah but it it takes you a while to kind of get to that point that you realize oh he's now when you watch he's it he's really not <laughs> he's but, not going anywhere but now when you watch it how how does the ending like take you like what do you feel in, in the ending of the film do you is it shocking or do you feel ah good work everyone like are you completely on the side of the people on the island by the by the end the more you watch it i don't know like yeah. i i felt like watching it when we watched it at the cinema i had no like oh like i didn't feel bad for him at all yeah. but i i wonder if how much that changes from the first time you watch it that you relate more to him more sad for him when it's happening. The first time you the see it. Time, yeah. Now you watch and you just enjoy everything <laughs> else that's happening around him. Yeah, and... I just love Christopher Lee so much. <laughs> yeah, we just you become part of the island. Yeah, I and also I... because they're they're doing this because the their crops are dying. Mm. Their crops are um, year after year are failing. So in their belief, they have they, they need um, sacrifice. They need to sacrifice to appease the gods. So the you know their crops will do well um so they're they're doing it in their own like inimitable their own, style yeah yeah it's their belief system you know and it, i think you, it's all religions and beliefs that you know have seemed barbaric and strange and weird in their own way when you're when it's yeah. like when you don't understand it or if it's new to you i mean Yes, that is quite... <laughs> a little extreme, yeah. It is a bit extreme, but... But that's the... That the purpose of it is to, you know... It's not, we're going to trap this guy and kill him for the fun and the pleasure of it. It yeah. was, you know, to sacrifice... Yes. He, he fit what they needed to fit that purpose of. That's right. Religious sacrifice is about purpose... Yeah. Rather than evil, even though it's usually an evil thing that happens. Yes, but it was for the purpose of, in their belief, yes. you know, improving, having food to eat and be able to prosper because they had nothing to sell. No. They're, you know, living on an island and everything was dying. So, so what else are you going to do? Look, it was a noble, it was worth a shot. <laughs> it's worth a shot. We don't know, we predict, we presume everything worked out well for the people on the island. After yes, that. nobody knew this guy was missing. <laughs> no. He's a policeman, he just went missing on an island. <laughs> Everything's fine. Don't know what happened after that. No. So don't that, think about it. So that was a great movie to see, wasn't it, at the cinema, to, to go and watch that. Again, yeah. I don't think. But I... just don't don't try and put judgment to it. Just you just enjoy the experience. I don't of think it. I. I think that was the first time I'd seen it at the movies. I, I don't think I'd seen it, even at uni. I don't think I saw a screening of it. Um, but I'd certainly like to teach it myself. I think it'd be a great one to to pull just apart. Suspense. Yeah, and to pull apart system. about that whole, you know, religion versus paganism and yes. what beliefs and things like that. The old world versus the new. That's always a classic one in. These horror, yeah. um, but I think you know, like the the idea of well, I was watching when I was watching the Sinner, the, the mm. current season of the Sinner actually reminded me a little bit of the Wicker Man. Yeah, I, I I'd be interested to see what 
other people think, but there were elements of definitely there's, um, he goes to sit on an island and there is, well, he's a detective. There's a girl that's gone, well, something's happened to a girl on the island that Mm -hmm. he's trying to find out. There's certainly some pagan like things going on yeah. that leads you up. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, am I just seeing this? Or But I really did think that there was a lot of um, elements of The Wicker Man in, in this current yeah. season. Well, yeah, it's highly influential yeah. film yeah. in all in all of that stuff. Um, now, we're going to just finish talking about The Wicker Man uh, just with this question. Would you like, on when you... You know, perish the thought. But when you pass away one day, would you would you like uh, to have a gravestone that that reads, "Here lieth Justine Oldmeadow, protected by the ejaculation of serpents." And she, you're looking at me strangely. When we saw the film, there's a bit where he's looking for Roy Morrison's gravestone. Yes. And there's a gravestone that says that. And I was like, huh. Uh, and so I think as soon as the movie finished, I typed it, tried to remember gravestone serpent ejaculation. And I looked it up. And so I've kept that. That's been on my phone for, you know, 10 months, however long ago we watched that, because I thought, that is in the movie. God. Protected by the ejaculation of serpents. Now, look, I don't think in any, in any gothic horror can you just... Shove in a few songs. Yeah. Yeah, folk songs, yeah. Folk songs and make it work. Yeah. I think it's brilliant the way they managed to mix that those songs mm-hmm. and dance into the story. Yeah. And not have it jarring like, oh, it's a musical now? It's not like that. It's very much naturally blended into the storyline. It's into the movie it's I just think cause the, beautiful well, always, it always helps when the characters are singing and really singing like most of yeah. it is live singing yeah. it's just them singing in the pub um, or in the room or something like that so it, yeah. that always I always like that in movies it's not a musical production where everyone, all of a sudden everyone's um, dancing in in sync and, and choreographed because there's just, a maypole dance song yeah. too where they've managed to just put these songs, these songs and dance woven into scenes mm-hmm. that just tell you what you, you need to know about the characters. Yeah. But just done in this just seamless way without, oh, like, why is there a song? Why, why are they is dancing that, Why now? are there a song? Yeah, here? it is brilliantly done and uh, just so enjoyable to watch. Very enjoyable. Enjoyable yes. horror. And the next enjoyable horror horror We're and gonna... singing and dancing I mean like what more do you want <laughs> well see that we went and saw The Wicker Man and The Evil Dead and then like a few weeks later we went to see another joyous sing-along movie horror classic <laughs> which is The Silence <laughs> of the Lambs <laughs> now the, the Silence of the Lambs is one of our favourite movies yep. we've seen it Many times. But that was the first time we've seen it at the movies. So it's the first time, the yes. They re-released yeah. it and we went to see it at the cinema. It's one of those things where if it was ever on TV, we'd be like, all right, let's, we're watching this now. Or if, if someone puts it on, then the other one of us is going to end up sitting down and watching it anyway. Um, I remember watching a movie with some friends, ex-students of ours, 
and we were watching it a movie and then the movie finished and then Silence of the Lambs was on and they said I, I have never seen one of them said I've never seen this movie and it was one of the Clarice and Hannibal Lecter scenes and we were sort of talking while it was on and eventually we all stopped talking even it on in the background eventually everyone just gets absorbed in it it's an amazing movie for that absorption that I mean, iconic songs. Yeah, so we've what we found Great when we soundtrack. saw it at the cinema with obviously like-minded people was the soundtrack is a sing-along soundtrack if you've seen the movie so many times. It is, it is. We found everyone was rollicking along to American <laughs> Tom Petty's American Girl. Raised up in promises She couldn't Like Greece, a Greece sing along. <laughs> Just it was so strange, wasn't it? All of a sudden, like the whole cinema was like bopping their heads yeah. and singing along with singing what's her name? No, the daughter is Catherine. So it's Catherine Martin. She's driving in the car, singing American Girl, and yeah, the whole sort of cinema was bopping along and singing along with her, having a great old time. Yes. Just for forty-five seconds in the middle of this <laughs> horrible. Mm. Uh, murder mystery serial killer and because the, the character is, is she's really having a great old time yeah yeah it's I one mean, of the great sing-along moments in a non-musical film isn't it it's and, just and also a great great song great perfectly chosen song mm-hmm. for that scene yeah not much subtext to it just text he is an american girl she's singing along about being an american girl just yeah a senator's daughter just having a good old time she was <laughs> just perfectly chosen song for that yeah scene and you just like her immediately. You're just like, all right, yeah. here's this girl. Just having she's a good rocking, time. She's rocking on. And then his old mate going, oh. Jamie gone. Trying to move his... Not Jamie. No, that's the weird thing about the movie. His name's Jame. Jame gone. That's a good choice, calling him Jame. Mm. Um, yeah, and he's helping... He needs help moving his stuff into a van and then... He, yeah, I think you should get up there. And yeah, help me the out. And then there. he's like, what size are you? Ugh. Harrowing. Yeah. Um, it's a, a great way that we all automatically attach to the character, mm. right? We usually like, oh, here's the backstory of this character. So wearing, we we feel for her. All we need to know. You, know you, you know all you mm. all you need to know about the character yeah. is in that scene. Yeah. Again. You know. Sing along. Sing along using music to yeah. just tell the character. Tell the character. Mm-hmm. You know, it just it just. Brings you up to where, where you need to be. Yeah. What she's like. So She's loving life. She's living her <laughs> that's life. That's right. She's loving life. That's exactly... She's full of life. She's full an American life. girl. She's yeah, having yeah. a great old time. Yeah. So, speaking and of songs... that's it. That's all you need to no, know. No, that's all you need to know. Speaking of songs and all you need to know, then we have your other favourite sing-along moment, which is <laughs> Goodbye Horses, right? Mm, great song for that scene. <laughs> great song. Now, you've... 
since added it to your karaoke <laughs> repertoire. <laughs> Which is a very hard song to sing. No, I, I think you I do a wonderful that. I think you do a wonderful job. But it's a song which after we Q Lazarus. Q Lazarus. Yeah. Singer, after we saw it at the cinema, again, anytime a, a great movie's re released, if you can get to the cinema to watch it, the thing that you never think about is the sound. if music's used, how is it used or the sound design in a cinema. Mm. Especially if it's a movie you've seen so many times you don't really notice. But the sound design in Silence of the Lambs mm. is really great. Really good. So you have James Gum getting dressed and putting on makeup while goodbye this song Goodbye Horses is And he's dancing to it and and dressing up as a woman. Putting yeah. his makeup on and, and, you know, swanning around, mm. looking at himself in the mirror while yeah. singing this song. Yeah. Or having, and this song's playing in the background. But it's just, it is a perfect song for that scene. <laughs> yeah. And and it's an unusual song. It is well. unusual. It just, it just fits it so well. It's memorable. And, um, and we love it. We do. <laughs> We sang along in the cinema. And... We sang along, yeah. We sing along at home. <laughs> and now and it's we... on the karaoke. And episode. now it's on a, a fairly regular playlist in our Which house. Which is great because on. it was quite an obscure song. Mm-hmm. I don't know how whoever came across it to put it in the movie, but it was a, it's actually a really good song, but an obscure one, not all that well known. Yeah. Um, but it has this notoriety now for being in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. I, one of my favourite things is that my that Noel does a great impersonation of you singing goodbye, goodbye of you singing goodbye horses <laughs> uh, which is pretty funny um, and on New Year's Eve we had a karaoke party and uh, or there was karaoke put on at the party and you st- they came on and I went and found her and said would you like to come and see mum sing goodbye no <laughs> and I mean one of the things that I'm most looking forward to in the future is hopefully one day sitting down with our girls and watching Silence of the Lambs with them. Oh, yes. And when that song comes on and they've heard it <laughs> and all their and it's part of their growing their childhood and the fact that their mum loves singing this song for karaoke, they're going to be so disturbed at like the actual images of that scene. Versus how they know the song. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. And how you know, I'm, I'm, I think it's a real skill, and I'm always amazed, you know, interested in when they choose, like, just choosing the right perfect songs for scenes, and yeah. the music in general in in Silence of the Lambs is really good as well. Again, it's not the a musical. Sound. There's only, a, it's only a two or three songs, times that but, songs are used, but just perfectly chosen and placed.
another director who does that so well is Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Picks a damn good soundtrack. Yeah. Such and good songs. Songs that uh, you, you haven't really heard. Yeah. Um, or you haven't heard for a long time. Yeah, a bit obscure. But yeah. But just um, and, so um, perfect for the scenes. I, I recently watched Licorice Pizza, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie, and that was the same. Again, yeah. There was five or six songs um, where I was like, what, what is this song? I, I don't even know what this song This song's amazing. Yeah. And even like he's got Paul McCartney and Wings doing Let Me Roll It, which is a song I never really thought that much yeah. of. And then you watch it in that and you're like, that's a good song. Um, yeah, he, he chooses great songs too. And it's course. just, it's uh, I think... Licorice Pizza, um, specifically for Paul Thomas Anderson, is very. I'd be interested to, to to know. It seems musically influenced by Tarantino, like how he uses music mm. in 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 Licorice Pizza is similar to, to how, how Quentin uses Quentin, it. Yeah. It's a lot of fast changing between the between yeah. the songs, a lot of songs, and then they come and go with characters and scenes really yeah. quickly. Yeah, and you know help tell the story and everything but with Wickman I guess they were original songs yeah actually written and written for composed the yeah for the, for the film yeah that makes a difference doesn't it yeah so who is the most who is your least I was gonna say favorite but who is your, who gives you the creeps most in Silence of the Lambs is it James Gum? Or is it the doc? Is it Doctor Chilton? Oh, oh. right. <laughs> it's a choice between those two. Yeah, that's those two. Well, you're trying to choose which one makes you the most uncomfortable. I think it's the it's the neighbour of um, the the what's his the one who he cut like out of his cut out his tongue. Oh right, yeah. Oh Migs. Migs. Oh, good choice. Yes. <laughs> All right, Migs is the winner. Clearly. Migs. Yeah. Good old Migs. That was an interesting scene to see at the cinema as well on the big screen. And that was amazing to see on the big screen too Mm. because I'd never never seen it. I only seen it on... Yeah, on your TV. TV. And now you get to see their faces close up. Having that whole experience in the cinema, the way it, you know, it it was just... Sometimes like movies get like overrated over time, you know, like, oh, yeah, that performance is fantastic or, like, that movie's great. And then but that I, just made me realise how time, good it is, yeah. how good it actually is because you could have, that could have been made yeah. yesterday. And it's still, and, still, and it's still, even though you would assume most people, it, it was, most people watching it when we saw it had seen it before. Yeah. It's still complete pin drop silence. Nobody's breathing yeah. in, those, in those scenes where they're, where it's just Clarice and and because it it, um, it doesn't really it's not really strongly connected to a place or the time. You know? No, that's like, a good point. Yeah, it, it doesn't feel like it's it's not out of nineteen ninety or, or something out of fashion. It's like it's most of it is taking place with police in uniform and uh, yeah. and people in in prison in prison or it's in. Small town. Yeah, quite nondescript. It's not strongly connected to That's a good point. I've never thought of that before. So that's what I found when I watched it. I was like, it seems really modern. Yeah. Like I could, it could be just 
released it, it wasn't like oh god this is 90s like how some movies have aged and it was it's a bit of a tricky one i think when it uh when it was released too because it has um it has a progressive female lead yeah who is clearly against a like gendered police force yeah he she's used as bait as a starting point yeah. um as, as Lecter says to her, you know, like all the men yeah. whose eyes covet you and think, you know, all that stuff. And, he, you know, sees, they've used you to, to come and charm yeah. me. And, yeah. And then even when they go to, um, to when they're searching for Buffalo Bill and they turn up in that town and she's the only woman. Yeah. When they go ha- to the funeral home. Yeah. And she has to speak up and say... And there's Everybody a out. fantastic scene where she turns around and they're all the men are looking at her. Yeah. And he he was being disrespectful to her, but she calls him out on it. Yeah. And says they they it matters because they look up to you. That's right. And so yeah. so it was very it just felt modern. It felt like yeah. And at the time it was that's very progressive, but it also has the main character, the main villain, being he's I don't know how you describe him as. Does he? They talk about it. Is he a transsexual? No, he believes he is, but he's not really. And mm. uh, again, linking trans to mental illness yes. is a, and it was protested at the time, which yeah. of course I didn't know. But Why would I? Ca- yeah, having a, a trans character as a, a serial killer and a so bad it's a common movie. trope. There common is trope. Although they did say he's, you know, they made a point of saying he's not and saying trans yeah. people are are gentle people they're not you know that was included in the script saying yeah there's nothing he wants to there's be no link because he doesn't know what he is he's trying to glom onto that because he he's unhappy with who he is yeah um and it's mentioned in a, a pretty great documentary that's on netflix called Di- disclosure mm. which is all about like examining how disclosure. hollywood has yeah. treated transgender people through its yeah, history and that is that element is problematic but even though they do say that it's not because of his sexuality or gender mm. or anything like that, that he is just unhappy with who he is. And yeah. He's trying to be someone else, but not. But again, not if you're, if you're a gender part of it. Yeah. But, and if yeah. you're a young person growing up and you have, you have, um, confusion about your gender and you watch Silence of the Lambs and you're like, Oh yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. That part of it is, um, yeah, it's a bit problematic. Yeah. Yes. Now, we've got one more film to discuss before we leave you, and that is another one of your favourites. Now, this is a tough question. Which film of these three do you like more? Wicker Man, Silence of the Lambs, Rosemary's Baby. Mm. (laughs) Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby. Which you're currently reading? I'm currently reading the and book. I, which I've I'm read it in the loving. last few weeks. It is a great book because it it just it just clips along at a really good pace yes. and speed, and just um, I, re- I read it in over the span of about four hours yeah, in the holidays. Like it's just it's, I just it, sat down and read it. Yeah, it just moves along at a really good pace mm-hmm. and just easy to read, and and I think. I don't know, like, because the movie is so good and so true to the book. Yeah. When you read the book after watching and knowing the movie so well, you just, you're hearing all of the dialogue in those 
in those actors' it's probably, voices. And, and I'm envisioning Mia Farrow and, yeah. and all those wonderful actors saying the, the words. So they've, they've just, yeah... It's so true to the book. I, yeah, I can't remember. There's just a few extra I, details. I really there. can't remember a, a movie that is so similar to the book. The dialogue even is yeah. word for word it's, a lot of There's it. no extra a lot scenes. Of the and is just, yeah. There's very few extra scenes in the book that are that aren't in the movie. And That's right. It's very. It was kind of odd reading it, just going, yes. it's almost like reading the script of yes. the movie. It is so similar. Um, so what is it about Rosemary's Baby that, because again, you've always loved that one. Well, again, I think that's a similar story. And you've seen it at the cinema, haven't you? And I've seen, yeah, I saw that at the cinema. Um, is that, again, it's that slow build where, um, you know, something's not right with this building. They, they, they set it up. They, they set it up nicely, don't they? It's more of a traditional horror in that, mm-hmm. oh, you're moving into the brand, that's... There's been horrible things happen there. There's been, there's been murders and, you know, like... Here's you, a list you, of things that have yeah, happened. Yeah, and they're like, no, it's just a building, we'll move in. So it's more of a classical horror in that way that, yeah. you know... But then when they move in, it's like they meet the cast of it and they see... And they are, God, the actors in that. I just love the mini cast of it. The way... And they're friendly yeah. and lovely. But a little cloying, right? something, yeah. yeah. There's this, that's something that's not quite right. And there's that whole theme of like little things. Is that... Do you think that's influenced your life? And again, life? it moves, moves. And then it, it again has that crescendo at the end where yeah. everything, their true nature is revealed. Yeah. Like... It is like the Wicker Man, like isn't it? Like the Wicker Man. But do you, do you think it's influenced your life where if you meet people who are overly friendly, you think, <laughs> hmm. They devil worship. Are they devil worshippers? <laughs> <laughs> I wish they were. Yeah. That made them interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's this slow, it's a very, no, a very slow build. And the, and the, the thing and the, and the horror of Rosemary's Baby isn't, I mean, there's some horribly frightening and grotesque scenes, but the horror is really like the gaslighting, right? It's the yes. Rosemary thinks something's not right. Her husband all of a sudden like... Husband what? is the villain of the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, what is wrong with you? Like, everything's fine. We get everything we ever wanted. You're being difficult. Yeah, and then, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, Robert there's nothing wrong. No, lovely. They're lovely. Yeah, why are you being they're so mean? You. Yeah, they're all helping you. And they go to this doctor. He's a good doctor. Stop trying to cause trouble. Stop talking to these people who are yeah. putting these crazy ideas in your head. That's the horror that oh, we. Oh, and that he sacrificed his wife to, yeah. to further his further career. his career. Yeah, and again, I, I really like, and it's probably more subtle in the movie than the than in the book, um, where you just. There's a brief moment where someone's like, oh, yeah, you do this and you you get all your wishes come true or something. And then all of a sudden his acting career starts getting successful. And if you didn't, if you weren't paying attention, you'd be like, good for you. But then you're like, but that was, what, what was the last scene? In the last scene, something small happened that indicated yeah, he'd done something. You, and, and that's why it's really good to watch it twice, you know, a few mm. times. Because you see that scene when they're, initially meet the Castavets and it just lingers a little bit mm. on 
on him talking to Roman. And his his personality sort of changes. He's yeah. you can see him like sort of grappling. He has to make the decision. Mm. He doesn't take very long to make the decision, no, but the, the but scenes where he's, he's angry he's at, at Rosemary about wrestling with them, yeah, yeah, for no bit. reason, and then all of a sudden he's like, "All right, here, yeah, and then do it." Do... And he and his reaction like is great to watch and so well acted as well when she announces that she's pregnant. And, oh, great! <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "How oh, good!" Oh, it's just yeah, so much going on, and um, you know, and it's. And it's also really interesting too because the whole idea of like pregnancy and this thing yes. growing inside you and that it does make you like I was so sick. It yes. does make you feel sick and, they are, and have They are parasites cravings. at first, yes. right? Yes. So it's playing on that kind of thing of, you know, the whole yeah. strangeness of of that happening and that the horror in that Yeah, the body horror. Yeah, in that itself. You and did that, did you and uh I think it was you. Did you did you have a weird dream? Weird dreams about giving birth to like creatures, or I don't know if it was you, but I, I have I did, spoken to. It's it's interesting because in the book and in the movie as well, but how it's described, how in initially how when everyone came to see her and she was, you know, growing this devil baby and. <laughs> It was pain and making her feel so awful. Yeah. And everyone was saying, well, you've lost weight. You look, you look, you look dreadful. Terrible, and I was yeah. like, that's what people, you, that's, that's what, what people were saying to you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In the first bit, because they did. I was yeah. so horribly sick. Oh, you don't look pregnant. You, oh, you, you, yeah. You're not well. And yeah. And gaunt and losing weight. You're meant to look great in pregnancy. Well, no, no glow. Not everyone does. No. You um, got glow at the end. That was the only time they go. You got a, like 12 weeks of, yeah, and that happens in yeah, that's right. She, as well. so it's, it's very like similar, isn't it? it? Yeah, so it's just and you know, and the real villain of that is got is guy, her yeah. husband, because you know, like again, the the devil worshippers, that's their belief, right? And I'm not saying what they did is oh, you're not oh, I'm not, right? But they that's their belief. Like they believe in or they wanted to. Impregnate the woman by the devil. The devil, so the devil could rule us all Mm -hmm. um, and (laughs) create happy kids. That's what they wanted. Whereas Guy, he didn't even believe all that. He just wanted wanted to to be successful. He he sacrificed her just to to get a bloody part in a TV show. Yeah. He's the real villain in the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's, yeah, he's, he's the one that's, you need, you need him to sign the contract. Yeah. She doesn't have any say in it. And the way the book and the movie kind of set up their relation, they, they, the way they talk about their relationship and what he's doing, it's actually quite um, condemning, I think, of traditional marriage and I think, I guess, how women, especially in that era, were treated. And yes. Man makes used. the decision. Yeah. And... He, yes. The the thing that the the author does well is that idea of the man makes a decision and the woman doesn't want to do it and the man just keeps leaning on her and mm. manipulating her and twisting words and making a fight of things yeah. and gaslighting yeah. and all of this stuff. The manipulation yeah. to get her obviously not to say, yes, all right, I will get impregnated by the devil, but just to stop worrying about 
everything and don't go to a different doctor and leave the Castavets alone. They're... And it's like reverse. You're being it's crazy. Like, That's um, the, the vindication you... yeah. of all women who have been yeah. gaslit. Because he abused. just keeps saying to her, "You're being crazy." Yeah, she. Yeah, that's right. Where it shows, uh, no, all this shit was actually really going on. Yeah. And yeah, it's just so good. And again, it's not so. It's not. Um, it's quite stylized, so it's not linked really heavily to a, a time and a place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because it's, it's pretty just, self-contained. It's so it? it's self-contained. There aren't many characters in it, no. and it's it's stylized so. You know, it 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 stands the test of time when yeah. you see it. It's like it is so entertaining. Yeah, and any time I eat food that has an undertaste, oh, the it, chalky <laughs> undertaste is. A I always think of it because I've never I've never heard anyone ever use that term ever except in that movie. Yeah. Uh, or in this house when we say, mm, is there a chalky, chalky undertaste to this, and just perfectly cast. Yeah. Perfectly acted, the book well written, and it is. There's no boring scenes. That's what no. I love. I don't like movies with boring scenes. Yeah, and there isn't in that at all. Every scene in it is purposeful, and the book's very much like that. And too. it's very short, Every, and it's like, all right, this is all to happening. The point, yep. There's not one bit of wasted dialogue or scene. It's just such a perfect movie. Um, so. Which but of the Wicked three? It's like that too, because even the extra director's cut, I'm like, yeah. they're perfect as well. So, which of the three, Justine? I'm going to make you choose. I, I don't think I can three way tie. <laughs> it's pretty good. That's a pretty good three way tie. Very different sort of horror mm. movies. The only problem with Rosemary's Baby is there's no sing along element. No, I don't think it's. <laughs> um, is there a song in it? I, there might be, but I. I Song, Never find myself. Point for that. Maybe no, we can there because of the songs. Yeah, there's no point where we find ourselves in the cinema. Christopher Lee in a dress and yeah. the songs. Maybe that just and a tambourine and a tambourine <laughs> that um, pushes it over the edge. Yeah, probably does. You're I probably think right. Christopher Lee in that that wig and dress. <laughs> yeah, he's a, de- he's a delight. He's a delight. I think he might just. <laughs> All right, Justine. Just. <laughs> We've, we've worked it out. Christopher Lee in a dress with a tambourine is the winner. <laughs> Thank you. So. Thank you for joining me on episode 99. Nothing. You're welcome. <laughs>